You know, we've been doing this reconference here. Uh, you know, we started two weeks ago, and, and last Sunday we just uh, ministered, and um, we didn't do the lesson. But you know, the uh, uh, we're going to stay in that vein tonight in this uh, in this men's reconference, and you know, re the prefix re means to return or to bring back or to restore. And there are many words in the Bible that talk about God's ability to return or to bring us back or to restore us to a place of blessing and favor. And, uh, you know, I've found in my Christian walk that just because I had a good year last year doesn't mean this year is going to be good. Just because I was right in position for God to bless me yesterday doesn't mean I'm going to be in position today. It's a daily walk and a daily grind. And I'm always having to fight to stay in the place that God wants me. Are y'all tracking with me so far? And so tonight we're going to focus on one of those re-words in the Bible, which means redeem. Redeem. How many of you are familiar with that word? Most of us that have been in church for a while are familiar with that word redeem. Redeem means to purchase freedom for someone. It means to save, rescue, recover, or liberate from captivity or bondage. Our theme scripture for tonight, men, is 1 Peter 1.18, and it says this. 1 Peter 1.18, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Now, I want you to catch in this verse what it says, we were redeemed from the empty way of life we inherited from our forefathers. Unfortunately, some of, the, some of us men here tonight have lived and presently living an empty, useless, fruitless, unproductive way of life. Either we have, or we presently, or we know exactly what that looks like. And uh, not just because of our own choices and our own wrong decisions, some of us have struggled in life because of the wrong decisions and wrong choices of our forefathers. You know, one of the things that's true about men is men have influence. When mom can't handle the kids anymore, she says, Dad, because when dad steps up to the plate, stuff flies. But order comes. God has given us authority as men. Sometimes we misuse that authority. Sometimes we abuse that authority. Sometimes we relinquish that authority. But the reality is, men, that God has given us authority. That's the great news. But unfortunately, as men, we also have a tremendous amount of responsibility that we, our lives have a ripple effect in that how we're doing directly affects our family. How we're doing directly affects our children. The Bible doesn't say that God visits the iniquities of the wives. He says he visits the iniquities of the fathers. So fathers have great influence. But if we can tap into the net, to the positive side of that, then we can have great impact. Unfortunately, some of us have experienced the negative side of that. And we've had to, we've been climbing uphill all the way. Very few men 
have had a great role model and a great example to follow, a man of God that they've seen on his face, reading the word, seeking God, loving his wife, loving the children, being a, a, a role model of what a Christian is supposed to be like. Very few men have had that kind of example. And consequently, because of our forefathers, we've been having battles and we have struggled with an empty way of living. But, you know, praise the Lord, is that uh, the Bible says, because of the shedding of the blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, that we don't have to live the way our forefathers lived, and we don't have to live with the, with the, with the spiritual effects of what my grandpa did and with my great grandpa did. Thank God because of the precious blood of Jesus and the sacrifice he made that I can be redeemed from the feudal way that I've inherited from my forefathers. Amen. So the message I want you to get tonight is you can be completely redeemed, delivered, saved, rescued, and restored from whatever life you've lived in the past or what your granddaddy did. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus died so I can have a bright future. And so can you. Amen. We've been redeemed. Can you say that with me? I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Praise the Lord. Now, what exactly does that mean? What does that mean? I've been redeemed. Well, let's talk about it a little bit. And I want to just give you four provisions of the redemption that Jesus has wrought on the cross. I've been redeemed from the feudal way of life that I've inherited, not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a supernatural empowerment that was released over the earth. That whoever comes under that blessing of the covering of the blood of Jesus can be totally transformed and can change their entire posterity. Amen. And that's what we want to talk about of what Jesus redeemed us from. I'm going to give you four. There's actually many more, but I'm just going to stop there. Provision number one of our redemption is that Jesus has redeemed our rights and our identity. In Galatians 4, 4, listen to what it says. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Now, the picture here that this verse is talking about is the picture of the word or, or the picture of the word redeem here means to set free by paying a price for to set free by paying a price for. In biblical times, there was slavery and there were hundreds and thousands of slaves. And a man could purchase a slave uh, in, in any Roman city either to keep that slave uh, for himself as a servant in his household or he could just purchase a slave, pay somebody amount of money and that slave was set free and then that slave could go and do as he wanted. You know, just out of compassion, somebody could buy somebody out of slavery and they would be set free. But remember, a slave had no rights. You know, when somebody was in slavery, he couldn't eat at his master's table. He had to meet. He had to eat somewhere else. He couldn't eat with the master and his family. You know, as a slave, he couldn't enjoy the provisions of the master. Whatever he owned, whatever he material possessions that he had, the, the slave wasn't privy to that. That was for the household. 
That was for the that was for the family, not for the slave. A slave was under the master's control and didn't have any freedom. The slave basically had to eat when he was told to eat, had to sleep when he was told to sleep, had to go where the master told him to go, had to stop when the master told him. He was under the impression or the oppression of the master. Right. So basically, a slave had no rights of his own. Now, this is a picture of someone who is lost and has never been saved. The Bible says we are enslaved by the adversary. We are enslaved by the evil one. Isn't that right? We are under Satan's dominion and control, and we can't sit at the master's table. And we can't enjoy the inheritance that the master has for us. Why? Because we're not a son, we're a slave. And so we're basically, we have to live and go where the enemy wants us, whether we will admit it or not. He just tempts us and he just lures us and we follow his temptation and his lures and we go where we, where he, he influences us to go. Why? Because we were slaves. We're slaves. We're under the dominion of sin, the control of enslavement. Amen. But Jesus came to deliver us from the enslavement of Satan so we could have rights of our own. Amen. And so basically what that means is that as a son now, not a slave, we can come and sit right down and plop ourselves right next to the master. We can just open the door of the refrigerator and eat anything we want right out of the refrigerator because we're not a slave that has to sit on the sideline and watch the family do. We are sons now in the house and we can have whatever we want. Amen. Amen. Isn't that great? Isn't it great to be a son? You see, we don't have to, we don't have to ask permission to go here and go there. We've been given freedom as a son. We can sleep when we want, eat when we want. We can actually partake of the Lord's. We can have hope for the for the master's inheritance. Amen. Whatever is the master's is mine. Whatever's daddy is mine. Amen. The slave don't have an inheritance. He's just working there. He's just a servant there. And so Jesus says, I came to I came to redeem you from a slave. And I came to make you a son. Men, if you are saved. You're not a slave anymore. And so now you have rights. You have rights at the master's table. You don't have to eat the crumbs under the table. Bless God, you got a seat right there with the master. Amen. You got rights now. Jesus died and redeemed you from slavery so that you can have rights in the master's family. Well, that's good. Amen. Jesus purchased us, bought us out of. Paid a price for it. Say, that one right there, I want him. Oh, he's a slave. What what does it cost? How much does it cost to buy that guy out? That guy right there. I I don't want him to be a slave anymore. How much does it cost? Okay, add all that up. How much does that cost? All right, well, how about I just go ahead and and pay the price and I'll, I'll just give him my life, but let them go free. See, that's what Jesus did. See, Jesus paid the price of laying down his life so that we could be set free from slavery. And we can have rights and we can have freedom and we can have an inheritance and we can have hope. And we don't have to live under the oppression and the control of somebody else that tells us what we're going to do, where we're going to go and how we're going to do it. Praise God. We got liberty through Jesus Christ. Amen.
Amen. Now listen, not only have we been given rights, but we've again, we've, he's purchased our identity. Who wants to be called a slave? This, uh, uh, see Johnny right here. He's my servant. He's my slave. Who, who would want to be called a slave? It's shameful. It's embarrassing. It makes you feel worthless. It makes you feel like you have no value. But how about if the master says, I want you to meet my son, Johnny. I want you to meet my, my male son, Vern. He's not a slave. He's my, you know, I have some service, but this is my son. You're a son in the house of God. You're a son in the master's house. You're not a slave anymore. You're a son. Amen. And so listen, Galatians 4, 4, because you are sons or six verse rather, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba father. So you no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Amen. When the father dies, I got all kind of inheritance. Hey, notice the father has already died and left us his inheritance. Amen. You're rich. You're rich because you're a son. Amen. Now, listen, you know, we living in a fatherless generation. We have men that have never been been embraced as a son. We've never had the affirmation of a father to say, this is my son. And so we've been hungering for somebody to affirm us. Somebody to identify with us and say, hey, hey, y'all know, y'all, you met Johnny. This is my son. And we're proud of that. And the reality is some of us have never heard the affirmation of a father. And so we're, we're walking around without the strength of feeling like a son. And God in his wisdom said, I know there's going to be in 2015 a lot of men walking around who have never had a real father to put his arm around them and say, son, I'm proud of you. You are a great son. I love you, man. There's no telling what you're going to do. So God said, what am I going to do about it? I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the spirit of my my heart into them. And so they'll have a sense of, I'm a father. I got a father. I'm no longer fatherless. And I have affirmation that comes from heaven. I have an identity. Amen. And you have an identity. Once you allow the father to father you, you don't feel like you're just walking around in a fog anymore. You feel like, man, I, you, you want to know who I am? Do you, have you heard of Jesus? That's my daddy. Who's yours? Let's match daddies. My daddy's a doctor. Oh, my daddy's a plumber. My daddy created the world. He gave your dad the smarts to be a doctor. That's my daddy. Come on, man. Are y'all with me out there? So we have... The enemy came to steal our rights and he came to steal our identity. And so sometimes we we try to push ourselves in life because we're just trying to be noticed. And would somebody say I'm worth something? Would somebody recognize that I have value? And God's saying, you do have value. 
You do have worth. You don't have to push yourself around in life. I'm going to identify with you. And I'm going to I'm going to be your cheerleader. And until you become a Christian and sense the spirit of God in you that says, Abba, Father. You're going to walk around empty. You're going to walk around aimless. That's why it's so important that you get connected with God, because when you get connected with God, you retain and recover your rights and you also get identity. Amen. That's the first provision of redemption. The second redemption or provision of redemption is the Lord redeems us from the power of sin and impurity. In Titus 2.13, it says, looking for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. I want you to notice in that verse, he says, he's redeemed us from every lawless deed and to purify us or for himself a people of his own possession. How many of you know the Lord wants to rescue us from the power and control of sin? He wants to, you know, sin is real. Sin is out there. Sin is the greatest battle you and I face. If we didn't have to deal with sin, life would be a lot easier. A lot of the struggles we face is a result of the problem of sin. And there's no doubt that there are some people in here tonight that, um, that have become enslaved by some kind of sin. Because we live on the same street, whether it be sexual sin of adultery, fornication, pornography, homosexuality, masturbation, lust, on and on. Now, you know, according to what the with the the people that survey the church say that more than half of the people in church are, are, are addicted to some kind of sexual sin. Well, it's not only that God wants us to be set free from that. Amen. And, and so the enemy is enslaving people, but Jesus died to rescue us from the control and bondage of every sexual sin. You know, listen, at times, you know, at times I thought, you know, you just had to, you just had to accept it and say, this is your plight in life. But thank God through Jesus dying on the cross, shedding his blood, sin's power can be broken and you can have all kinds of sexual sin patterns and they can be broken in your life. You don't have to be an adulterer all your life. You can be set free from adultery. You don't have to live in fornication all your life. You can be set free from fornication because Jesus died to set us free from the control and dominion of sin. Amen. Well, listen, you know, you know, it's not just sexual sin. God wants us to be free and rescued from the control of every kind of sin, like lying. And like stealing. Anger. Bitterness. Rebellion. Pride prejudice, greed. God wants us to be set free from that. You can't go to, you can't go to Home Depot and buy a pill for that. You can't get a kit for that. Amen. There's nowhere you can go to get redeemed, rescued, set free from the bondage of sin. But the good news is that Jesus died by the precious blood of Jesus, we can be delivered. It don't matter if our dad was an adulterer. Praise God, we don't have to be one. 
It doesn't matter if there's been all kind of sexual sins all over our family tree. Praise God. We're going to engraft a new tree that's going to be free from all those sexual stuff. Amen. It doesn't matter whether my dad lied and cheated and stealed and, and just, you know, tax evaded and did all this crazy ungodly stuff. Praise God. Even though my dad and my grandpa did it, praise the Lord. I don't have to do that because I've been redeemed. Amen. Now, you know, men, listen, the Lord can and wants to cleanse us and purify us from every sinful bondage and addiction that's in our lives. He wants to rescue us from it and not just break the pattern of sin in our life. He wants to cleanse us and purify us and make us whole. Amen. And set us free for good works. Set us free to do something for God. Amen. Listen, you know why we don't do anything for God? It's because sin's got a hold of our life. That's why we don't want to step up to the plate and do anything from God because we don't have the confidence or the boldness or we got some kind of sin working in our life. But Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood to break the pattern of sin off of our life so we can be set free, cleansed, made whole. So we're ready to do something for Jesus. We're not embarrassed to tell somebody, I'm a Christian. Amen. We're not embarrassed to say, yes, I live for God. Amen. Come on, man. Are y'all with me out here? Are y'all with me in here? Amen. Titus 2.14, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. You see, listen, I'm not happy just because a man shows up at church. I mean, I'm encouraged, but I'm not happy. Until a man starts doing something for God, then I'm not satisfied. Listen, God didn't say he didn't buy us off the slavery block. So that we could sit on a pew and sing kumbaya and, and lick lollipops till Kevin comes. Amen. He set us free, redeemed us so we can do something for him. Amen. He said, this is my warriors right here. And I want them to do some good deeds and, and make a difference for me wherever they go. Whether they're you know, a plumber or selling insurance or a doctor. Or, it doesn't matter what they do. Listen, whatever they do, they're going to do for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Come on, man. Are y'all with me? Come on, man. God's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got a reason. Listen, he's redeemed you. He's bought you out. He's paid a high price and said, that man right there, how much you want for him? I want him right there. That one right there. How much? Uh, it don't matter the price. I want him. I don't want him to be under the control of darkness anymore. I bought him. I saved him. And I want him to be one of mine. I want him to be one of mine. Amen. The redemption of God. The third provision of our redemption is this. The Lord redeems us from past hurts, deep wounds, sustained by past or present relationships. You know, the reality is some of us are walking around broken men. The broken. Is that true? Not me. I ain't broken. Well, how come you throw stuff at your house? I better keep going. Psalm 119, 134. The psalmist said, redeem me from the oppression of men. Redeem me from the oppression of men that I may be, obey your precepts. God redeems us from the oppression of men. Now listen. 
Oppression means to be injured. It means to be put in distress or to treat it, be treated unjustly or cruelly. Question, how many of you ever been injured, hurt, treated unjustly by someone in your life? Don't lie in church. Come on. Come on, how many of you? Today. Been hurt today. You've been injured today. You cannot live life without getting injured, right? And here's the reality. It's impossible to not be hurt by other people in life. Even the most godly and well-meaning people in the world in the world can cause you to be hurt and deeply wounded in relationships. Is that right? I mean, that's the reality, man. I mean, it just it's unfortunate, but we live in a fallen world where sin works and it's impossible to not get hurt. And so here's the problem. Some of us men have been injured or treated unjustly and we've been wounded by the comments and the actions of others. And we've been some of us have even been abused physically or sexually by others. We've been injured and treated unjustly by those that were supposed to love us the most. And the result is we're struggling. Some of us, we've been injured by our own parents. Our own parents. Some of us have been abandoned by our parents. You know, it's, it's you know, today, man, we're living in a broken world. You know, Sunday when we invited all those young people to come up here at the second service, you know, you know, I was talking with somebody after and I said, you know, some some of the youth today, their their mom and their dad, their 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 dad might be dead, their mom might be in prison or in some rehab or you know, that's the that's the day and the age we're living in. There's a lot of brokenness everywhere. Amen. But, you know, even, you know, man, you know, us guys, we're growing up, we're attracted to ladies and, and pretty girls, and we open our heart, and we get in a relationship, and they just stab us in the heart, and they cut us up, and then they walk right out, and here we are, and we're just bleeding. We're just bleeding. Even our moms, our moms who's supposed to be the nurturer, the lover, just run right out of the house and leave us standing, standing there. Is that true? Is that the world we're living in? You know, bosses that said, oh, they promised us the world and they drop us on our head like nothing and move right on. Or people that are supposed to be our friends, they climb over our shoulders to get the position that they even the, and they don't care how it made us feel. This is the reality of the life that we're living in. And the problem is that when you get hurt or wounded by others, it leaves you emotionally bleeding and completely weakened as a man. And so we're, we're, we're broken. We're broken. What do you do about it, man? I mean, golly. You know, I'm, I'm just amazed as a pastor. Man, you know, I, I kind of have a little bit of glimpse of how Jesus might have felt because you, you give everything to try to help people. And, and, you know, you, you, you get up in the middle of the night and you go pray with them so their wife don't leave and you run to the emergency room and because they got in a wreck and, and they, you let them cry on your shoulder. And then next thing you know, they stab you right in the back and you go, wow, you gotta be kidding me. How can that be? You made me get up in the middle of the night to go minister to you and you're gonna stab me in the back. And Jesus said, now welcome to my world. Now welcome to my world. You want to be in the ministry? They got broken people as the result of sin. Hurting people hurt people. That's the way it works. And then they're easily hurt by people. And there's no way we can really serve God like God wants us to serve him until we get healed and made whole on the inside. 
And again, you can't go to Lowe's and get a kit for that. You can't go to Walmart and get a pill for that. And the reality is sometimes we walk around bleeding and we don't know what to do. You know, I've seen men, they go through a divorce and they never recover. And they don't have any emotion. They're like a shell. It's hard to smile. It's hard to get excited about anything. Man, the Saints won the Super Bowl. That's great, man. What? No, no. The Saints won their Super Bowl. That's a miracle. That's signs and wonders, dude. <laughs> Come on. Are y'all relating with me? Amen. But you know what? But listen, listen, man, listen. They can't engage. They can't. They can't. They're broken. They're wounded. What do you do about it? Well, the Lord wants to redeem us from the oppression of men, the hurts, the wounds, the residual effects of those past relationships, whether it's our dad that never loved us, never said, I'm proud of you. Never went outside and played ball with us. Or our, our, our first girlfriend that just left us bleeding. Or whether it's a close friend that betrayed us. The Lord wants to redeem us from that. He wants to rescue us from that. And He wants to restore us and renew us. And the Bible says in Isaiah 61 that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is a, prophet of, a prophecy of Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the broken hearted. God wants to heal our broken hearts. So we don't have to walk around insecure. And get offended if somebody says something negative to us. Or somebody doesn't. If somebody doesn't treat us right. We won't. We won't lose it. We're going to be healthy emotionally. Doesn't that sound good men? The fourth provision of our redemption is this. The Lord redeems us from the curse of the law and positions us for the blessing of God. Amen. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us, rescued us, bought us out of, paid the price for. So from so we could be bought out of the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. I tell you, man, Jesus, when he bought us off that slave block, he said, man, you've been under the curse over there, but come over here in dad's house. You blessed now. I'm rich, son. I'm rich. Now you're part of a rich family. Come on. Don't you wish you were part of a rich family? Come on. Come on. You didn't even have to work. All you had to worry about how's he going to spend dad's money? <laughs> Come on. You didn't have to hit the bricks next Monday. Amen. But that's what Jesus did for us. He bought us off the slavery block and he said, come on to my house. I'm rich. You're not, you're no longer under the curse anymore. You're under the blessing. What does that mean to be under the blessing? Let me see if you can relate to this. It means he wants us to be free from poverty and financial lack and struggles. It means he wants us to succeed on our job and in our business and not just barely make it. It means he wants us to prosper, not fail in our relationships, make relationships work. Amen. 
It means he wants us to experience God's favor and blessing around every corner. Instead of for looking for something bad to happen, we start looking for something good to happen. Amen. Instead of everything going wrong for a change, everything's going to go right. Why? Because we're not cursed. We're blessed. Amen. And we're looking for blessings and favor around every corner. Amen. That's what being blessed means. Amen. It means I'm not expecting for the bottle, for the, my bottle to, to go down and get empty. I'm waiting for it to fill up. Why? Because God's blessing is on my life. When Jesus died, he took the curse off of us so that we could be under the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Lord told Abraham, Abraham, in you, in your seed, every one of your seeds, all the families of the earth will be blessed, Abraham, because of the blessing on you. And that was the Jewish race. It was the Jewish people. But I'm not a Jew. I'm going to get the blessing of Abraham. I'm not a Jew. But Jesus said, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to I'm going to get you off the slave block and I'm going to adopt you into my family. And now you're one of the Israelites. You're under the blessing of you, an heir of Abraham. And now the same blessing that's on Abraham is on you. You're not poor. You're not weak. You're not a failure. You are rich. You are a blessing and you're going to succeed because the blessing of Abraham is on your life. Amen. Come on. You're blessed, men of God. You're blessed. Can you receive that tonight? Amen. Do me a favor. Let's stand together. Let me read this last verse. How blessed, Psalm 1, how blessed is the man. How blessed is the man. How blessed is the man. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners. That's the slave right there. Or sit in the seat of scoffers. That's the one that's been enslaved by Satan right there. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he, in whatever he does, come on. Okay, let's, let's, let's try it again. In whatever he does, he, yes, think about that, men. In whatever he does. Listen, I've been married for almost 24 years and there are times where it's like, man, can I make a marriage go like the, 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 whole, the whole length of life? It's not easy to keep a marriage working, is it? I mean, you know, I don't know. You might have this angel living at your house that puts up with all your baloney, but most women, you know, I mean, it's work, right? Am I, come on, am I right, man? I mean, you start having children. Man. Which way the children are going to go? Are they going to go the right way? The world's pulling. How is it going to all stay together? Everything he does prospers means God will cause you to prosper in your parenting, to prosper in your marriage. Come on. You know, listen, you can have a, a million, a million dollars, but if your soul's all messed up and you're all broken, how can you prosper? But yet you could just be barely making the bills and and you're the happiest guy on the block. Amen. While they're out there trying to fix their BMW, come on, you're not even worried about the paint job on your Honda Toyota. Amen. Hey, come on. Amen. Come on, are you with me? And you're smiling and you're going fishing while they're fixing their BMW. Amen. Come on, you could be blessed. You could be rich. In whatever you do, amen, God wants to prosper us, amen.
So come on, just close your eyes, man, for just a moment. Let's just, let's just present ourselves before the Lord. Let's present ourselves before the Lord. The Lord redeemed us. He purchased, He bought for us His provision. So we didn't, we've been delivered from the futile way that we've inherited from our forefathers. Not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Now, come on, man, some of you tonight, maybe, maybe you've never felt like a son in the house. Maybe you've always felt like a slave. Like you were, you had to sit in a corner while everybody else came to the table. Maybe you've never really, you've never really accepted the fact that you're not a slave, you're a son. And you can sit at the table. You have rights. You're one of the, you're one of the master's sons. And you can stand at the table. You can open the refrigerator, which means you can open your heart. And you are privy to everything God has, just like anybody else. You're not less than anybody. You're as much as anybody. You're right alongside of anybody. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? Now listen, come on. So just right where you are. Is that, have you been struggling with that? Just be honest today. Just be honest. Have you been struggling with that? And say, man, I've struggled to feel like I belonged in God's house. If that's you, just raise your hand right there. Just raise your hand. Listen, listen, man. We're going to pray here. Just come right up here. Just come up here at the altar. And we're going to keep going here. Just come on. We're going to pray that God has set you free. That that you redeemed. You bought out of that false identity. And that you're not feeling like you're enslaved anymore. Amen. Come on, listen, man. Some of you, you might be here tonight and you say, listen, you know what, man? You know, I've, you know, the enemy succeeded in taking me down and there's things in my past and there's things that I've done that I feel unclean. And every time I come to church, I feel like I'm a heathen and I can't lift my hands or, or say Jesus because I feel like the enemy saying, how dare you say Jesus? How dare you come to God? You've been unclean. You're a heathen. You've been impure, but you've struggled with that, man. I know exactly what that feels like. I know what it, I know what it's like to feel like I can't even raise my head and church because I've been under the condemnation of the past sins. Come on, anybody ever felt like that? Come on, maybe you're here tonight and you say, Todd, I feel like that. Listen, don't be ashamed, don't be bashful. Come up here at the altar. Just slip out of the pew and come right up here. And we want to pray for you. And we're going to pray for cleansing. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Listen, it's nothing to be ashamed. Jesus wants to wash you. He wants to cleanse you. You see, I already know there's some of you that are struggling with that. But it's whether you're going to be honest before God tonight and just say, man, I'm coming clean because I want, I want to be redeemed from, I don't, I want to be redeemed from the thought of not being worthy of the blessing of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. Now listen, some of you, maybe you're struggling. Come on, maybe you're you one that your dad never told you he loved you, never affirmed you. Maybe your mom walked out. Maybe your mom kicked you in the gut. And maybe you've been struggling ever since. Where was my mom when I needed her? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, where was my parents? Why did they leave me? Why did they break up? Or maybe you've been kicked by divorce or a business partner. Come on, how many of you tonight say, man, I've been beat, I've been kicked, and I'm bleeding tonight. Come on, any man like that in here? Any man like that in here? Come on, if that's you, just slip right out. Just slip. I'm believing that God is going to set you free tonight. I'm believing that God is going to give you freedom tonight. Amen. He didn't redeem us to leave us there. 
He didn't pay a price and say, stay there, stay there in slavery. You're stuck right there. No, he paid the price so we could be set free. Now, come on. You know, some people just feel like they're waiting for negativity around every corner. They're not expecting to be blessed. They're expecting to fail. They're not expecting to succeed. They're expecting to be rejected. They just expect bad things to happen. They're looking for people to take them down. You know, listen, I know what that's like as well. Come on, how many of you have been there? You're looking for somebody to do you wrong. You look, Come on, you feel like you've been under the curse and you haven't yet really received the fact that you're a child of God and you're not under the curse and you don't have to worry about failing, but you can be blessed tonight. Come on, if that's you... Come on, if that's you, slip right out right now. Just slip right out. Come on, just come right up here. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Father. Amen. Just lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. hands. We're going to just ask the pastors and some altar workers just to come. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for my redemption. Thank you, Lord, for shedding your blood that I might be set free. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for delivering me, for rescuing me, for setting me free tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Now grab it like you're a son. Grab it like you're a son. Thank you, Lord God. Come on, man. Let's pray for him. 